This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date? But a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. Hey, everybody. Today and for the whole month of August, we are reflecting on artists who are no longer with us. We asked you, the listeners, via our Krista Makes a Podcast Facebook group, what artists and songs you would like us to discuss. And Biz Marquis' name showed up more than once, so we thought this would be a fun one. Together with my co-host and producer of this show, Chris Fafalius, we take a deep dive into the smash hit, Just a Friend, taken from Biz Marquis' second album, 1989's Biz Marquis Never Sleeps. This song was everywhere and was absolutely massive. Yes, it was his only charting song. You could say he was a one-hit wonder, but one hit is all it takes to provide someone with a 30-year career that Biz rode as far as he could. Before his untimely passing, in 2021. So grab a friend, sit back, and enjoy. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Well, hey, Chris, we're here with the fourth week of artists who are no longer with us. And this is a fun one. Yeah, I feel like the first three weeks of doing this month of artists that are no longer with us, we covered some amazing artists. But a lot of the songs that we talked about were kind of sad. They were kind of, kind of downers. Not that that doesn't make them amazing songs. I actually prefer sad songs, but I thought... It would be really fun this week if we did Biz Marquee because this song is just so much fun. It's uplifting. It's funny. I thought we needed it. Absolutely. And do you remember when this song was released? You would have been like eight or nine. Yep. I was young and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this was right in my uh, early punk years, uh, metal years as a kid. And I remember when this song came out. It was just such a feel-good song. I remember loving it. It was it was nothing that I would have listened to at that age, but I love this song. I mean, one of the things I really love about it, and you'll see this across Biz Marquis' catalog and in certain songs, but it feels like he just went with the first instinct on everything. Even if it was like awkward or clunky of a lyric, he was just like, nope, I'm going with that. And the character of his voice and almost the knowing that he's a bad singer, but doing it anyway, it just adds so much flavor and character to the song. It's so authentic. Like if you were trying to do that, it would be like you often say, Chris, it would be contrived, but he's just being himself. It feels like. (laughs) Absolutely. There's no way I could pull off a vocal like that. And it's just, it's so genuine and it's so real. Chris, would you consider this a novelty song? Maybe, I guess novelty in the fact that there is that aspect of so bad that it's good 
<laughs> you know, referencing his singing in in the choruses mainly. Sure. And for the listeners that don't know, Chris also hosts a podcast called One Hit Thunder, where they talk about uh, bands and artists that are one hit wonders. And and certainly Biz Marquis falls into that category. I think you 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 previewed this song on your show. Yes. I don't think we did a Biz Marquis episode yet. Actually, no? I think we're, I think Chris to makes a podcast is beating One Hit Thunder to the punch on that one. Uh oh. And I want to say, you know, a lot of times people use the term One Hit Wonder as a as a four letter word, like it's a bad thing. This song was was Biz Marquis' only charting song. Like a lot of artists, he's the sole writer on it. It's credited to him, and this song gave him a thirty year career. You know, this one song paid for for his life. I mean, uh, through licensing and everything else, uh, if he retained his publishing, he had a a massive hit here that uh, not only gave him a career, but provided for his livelihood. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, if you go on YouTube, you can go down a rabbit hole. He had lots of music videos. You know, he had lots of songs, but this was the only one that charted. It went to number nine on the Billboard charts. So it was a top 10 hit. And... Chris, like you said, it's still in the public consciousness. You'll still hear it in commercials. It was used in a Heineken commercial in the past 10 years or so. Radio Shack used it. The The very famous and memed line of this song is the, oh, snap, which we'll get to eventually. That has become like a meme now. And yeah, it lives on. And Biz only died. It was last, last year. It's only been a year since his death. So uh, this is our most recent artist who passed away too that we're covering. Yeah, it's unfortunate. He uh, he died as a result of a diabetic coma uh, July 16th of 2021. He was 57 uh, years old. Su- super sad. The, the producer uh, that co-produced this record, Chris, was a guy by the name of Cool V. And really his claim to fame was producing this record. He did some other stuff, but this I couldn't find too much else on him. And it's amazing, as you said a moment ago, that this song is kind of so carefree and you could just tell he just flew by the seat of his pants and, and did this vocal. This kind of stuff was not getting on the radio in 1989. The only thing could even come close to this. I mean, there's almost a punk element to this of I don't I don't give a damn. Uh, Absolutely. Because <laughs> every everything in the 80s was just, you know, pristine. The vocals were perfect. And the fact that this got on MTV and got on radio as massive as it did is insane. When you were saying that you were into punk rock at the time, I thought you were going to bring that up, that this song feels pretty punk rock. It feels like it goes against the grain and it goes against your instincts, every instinct of what would make a hit song, yet it was. And I feel like it opened the door for someone like Old Dirty Bastard, who Mm -hmm. along the same lines, he has songs where the singing is so bad, but it's so bad that it makes it catchy and it makes it good. Ooh, baby, I like it. And you can't fake that. No, you you can't fake it at all. And do you remember the video, that wig that he's wearing? Yeah. It's just <laughs> uh, everything about it was like he was totally making a mockery of himself, but it didn't come across that way. It came across as this is just some fun loving dude. I mean, I, I, who wouldn't want to go out and, and hang out with him for a night? He seemed like so much fun. Well, he referred to himself as the clown prince of hip hop. And <laughs> that tells me that he was in on the joke 
in a way. You know, not that he was a joke, but he was in on what was funny, but also he knew he was good at the same time. Whereas you go later, there, there's people that are bad who take themselves very seriously. He, he, <laughs> sure. he knew what was up. And I'm not saying that he wasn't a good MC or anything, but uh, as far as singing, he had to know, like, yeah, I'm singing off key. Like, that's the point here. But we'll, we'll get into it. But it's almost like you feel the emotion in the badness of the singing in the choruses, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you wonder if he ever sat there with the, with the producer Cool V, and and they they tried to get a vocal take out of him that was in key and in time and in pitch with just the chorus hook. You wonder if they did that or if they just this this was it from the beginning. That's how they wanted it to sound. And what did the label? What did Warner Brothers think of this when <laughs> they heard it? That's crazy. There had to be. I, I don't know what the story behind it is. There had to be a groundswell of of radio airplay because I can't see a record label executive being like, this is it. Like hearing him singing in the choruses of this song and being like, this is a hit. Unless someone really, really had a vision there. But it feels like maybe a radio station started playing it and people requested it. That's kind of how things worked back then. Possibly, yeah. It's just, you know, what was going on in hip hop. You had MC Hammer, you had... You know, uh, uh, bust a move. You had Tone Loke with Wild Thing, and uh, not necessarily Pavarotti, any, <laughs> any of those artists. But there was, uh, it was in tune and in time. And then this comes along, and it's like, what is this? I could imagine uh, the record label sitting around a meeting, going, "Hey, this is going to be the first single," and we'll go, "What?" Yeah. Hey, Chris, do you think that if this song was made now, that they would just auto tune the hell out of it? This was before that whole trend. You you almost wonder if they would have. I, I I don't know. And I think that if they had, it would have lost its charm of what it's supposed to be and what is here. It's it's amazing. There's not much here, Chris, and, and we'll get into the track in a moment. It's just the simplicity of this. It's probably one of the most simple songs that we broke down here on the show, but simple in the most perfect of ways. I want to follow up and say that I think if that chorus was auto-tuned, this song would not be a hit. Yeah, I agree, Chris. If they sample the original song by singer-songwriter Freddie Scott from 1968 called You Got What I Need, if you listen to that track, it's amazing. <laughs> and I hope and pray that you It's an awesome song. I didn't know it. Did you know it? I did know the song. Yes. I, it's been a while since I heard it, but I went back and, and took a listen last night and uh, it has that hook. You know, you got what I need. And then from there, it, it goes to different lyrics and uh, Biz Marquis changes it after that. But just that one one line there of, of, of hook uh, he uses, I'm assuming he, he paid the publishers of Freddie Scott or Fr- Freddie Scott's uh, estate. I'm not sure. Here's a crazy little fact for you. By the way, that's called interpolation i'm always trying to remember what that's called it's when you take another song and you sing something else or some other version of it in your song interpolation it's used like crazy in pop music and hip-hop it's just non-stop so i don't know if in retrospect biz had to pay freddie scott but what i do know is that biz had another song where he did an interpolation of Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Again. 
naturally. Which is an amazing song, and business song was called Alone Again. My determination kept me warm with this. I had nobody to help me, as you can see. I'm alone again, naturally. Alone again, naturally. At that time, rappers could use a sample without consequence. There was no legal precedent. But that all changed because Gilbert O'Sullivan sued Biz Marquis in 1991. And it was a landmark decision that unauthorized samples were considered theft. And Biz actually had to pull the album and reissue it without that song on it. But that Biz Marquis is what changed. Every, I mean, it was going to happen eventually. It's unfortunate that it was Biz Marquis that it happened to. So I don't know if in retrospect, he then had to pay royalties to, I mean, Honestly, you should. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, for sure. And it's amazing because music had a pretty good run with with using samples unauthorized. You you know, starting in the in the mid seventies with the disco craze, all the way through the eighties up to this landmark decision. But you know, people were using samples left and right, especially as you said in hip hop and pop music. That's crazy that it wasn't until nineteen ninety one that that I know. <laughs> how did it take so long? How are not all those artists who are being sampled getting getting together and be like, "Hey, we want paid." Or at least their lawyers and their huge record labels. That that part's pretty crazy to me. Yeah, Bismarcky, it's unfortunate <laughs> it happened to him, but <laughs> it, it had to happen sooner or later. Well, a couple more things before we jump into the track. Uh, Just a Friend was released on September 26th, 1989, a day before my 16th birthday. The single preceded the album Biz Marquee Never Sleeps, which was released a couple weeks later on October 10th of 89. Uh, again, was produced by Biz and Cool V. It was his second album after 1988's Going Off. He had three more albums after that in 1991, 93, and 2003. So let's get into this bad boy, Chris. Yeah. The song is four minutes and six seconds, and I'm considering the first four lines here, Chris. I'm considering this an intro. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date? But a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that There's a whole setup here lyrically. He's telling you what the song's going to be about. And uh, there's a hi-hat sample and a piano here. I think it sounds like an electric piano to me. The piano plays the chorus hook melody which is the only melody and progression in the whole song. The first part isn't the exact notes that the piano run of the vocal melody, but the second and third parts, the back half of the piano is the same vocal melody in the choruses. I'm going to read these lyrics and we're going to break these down. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait. Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it was like as if he was, as if he was freestyling, and then he's like, "Nah, that's fine. What, whatever." Like, he, he, there's so many rhymes with situation, but he went, "I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation," which right off the bat is really 
funny. It's funny for a lot of reasons because he's American and you, right. you kind of <laughs> would figure he's talking to a girl from the States. I mean, you, you, communication wasn't as easy back in 89. You didn't pick up your smartphone and text somebody in Germany. So I thought right. that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, the whole rhyme scheme in this whole song, I mean, that was the thing about rap. They were excellent rhymers and, and, and most stuff, you know, rhymed. That's, that's you know, they called them rhymes a lot of the time. There's nothing that rhymes in this song. Very little. Yeah, the ends of the lines, there's a lot of soft rhymes at the end. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot and- of really big stretches <laughs> of like not both melody and timing and also yeah, soft rhymes and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty all over the place. Absolutely. And we're going we're gonna to follow your uh, suggestion today, Chris, and, and kind of take four lines at a time here because there's a lot to digest. Uh, again, I called that the intro. Now we're into what I'm calling verse one because that's when the drum sample comes in. The drum sample joins the piano and the hi-hat sample. Uh, super compressed kick drum sound with lots of reverb. That classic late 80s, early 90s uh, hip-hop drum sound is just... Uh, I don't know. It's just feel good. I think I think it's awesome. It still sounds gonna, great, Chris. It still today sounds it does. great. It does. I don't think that's ever gonna not sound good. At least at least to these years, it's just it's just fun and upbeat and, and catchy. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short mini skirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short mini skirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? There's a rhyme. I love the way that that she had long hair and a short mini skirt. That's one of those things I'm talking about. That is clunky as hell. That is like... Because <laughs> like, skirts, he's trying to rhyme with concert the first... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That's a stretch of a rhyme. It's a stretch of a rhythmic flow right there. Uh, the one thing, Chris, I laughed. I wanted to talk about this. You're probably like me, I could imagine. I related so much to being dripping, pouring with sweat after being on stage. I am the sweatiest dude after a show. So I feel uh, biz when he sings those lines, you know? It's amazing that, that, again, the simplicity of the lyric here. I was walking through the crowd and guess who I met? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, You met the girl you wrote a song about. Right. Which is hilarious. I whispered in the air, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said, blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. I took a couple- I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you are 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said, blah, blah, blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. <laughs> <laughs> incredible lines i could ask you some questions to see if you're a hundred proof referencing alcohol like to see if that that's good alcohol i guess is what he's saying i know and i love the first line i whispered in her ear come to the picture booth remember unless you were carrying around a disposable camera a polaroid nobody had smartphones then they had those picture booths where you go feed a dollar into and you could sit in with your friend those used to be everywhere bars malls you don't see them anymore i love those things yeah (laughs) (laughs) i asked her her name she said blah 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 well what i found out about this was that this is actually a true story from biz's life and it is about a particular girl, but he didn't want to say her name and put her on blast and have people coming after her. So that's why he said, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, <laughs> and she had nine, 10 pants and a very big bra, which is a, a, 
the very big bra line is so funny. Uh, yeah. Nine, ten pants. I don't know women's <laughs> pant sizes, but why does he know women's pant sizes? Is that something that people talked about and knew? I think it's really funny. He says pants. I don't know why. Yeah. That, why that's funny? Like nine, ten pants, not jeans, not 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 her jeans were t- like nine, ten pants. <laughs> no, it, it it it's hilarious. He won't tell us her name, but she'll he'll tell us her pant size, and right. he knows her pant size. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. He's very picky about what in- information he's divulging here. I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused. I, said, I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said, I was very amused. Once again, it's a it's a real stretch. I took a couple of flicks, I guess, meaning in the photo booth, the, the photos that, were, were flicking. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said, I was very amused. Once again clunkiest delivery but so catchy yeah was she amused at at how bad the show was or was she (laughs) amused at how great it was or was she was she smitten by biz marquee right i was very amused like i don't know if that's a compliment (laughs) it's like a backhanded compliment (laughs) yeah what'd you think of the show oh i was amused Hey everybody, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to break down the rest of Just a Friend after a few words from our sponsors. Looking to elevate your music career? DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that enables musicians to distribute their music to online stores and streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Tidal, and many more. DistroKid collects earnings and payments, sending them to you, the artist. With DistroKid, artists unlock a world of possibilities. From easily paying collaborators with splits to securing your music with DistroLock, DistroKid covers all bases. Plus, you can promote your releases with HyperFollow and create eye-catching visuals with the Spotify Canvas Generator, all for free. But that's not all. Introducing the DistroKid app, now available on iOS and Android. Artists can manage their releases, view streaming stats, and withdraw earnings, all from the palm of their hand. And for those looking to perfect their sound, check out Mixia. With its simple interface and customizable mastering options, artists can make their music sound polished and professional within minutes. And don't forget about Instant Share, DistroKid's newest feature. Share large files securely with collaborators, producers, and more, ensuring your music streams at the highest quality. Ready to take your music to the next level? Download the DistroKid app and explore their suite of tools today. Plus, listeners can enjoy 30% off their first year by visiting distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash Demakes. The new Punchline single, I Don't Want to Leave Yet, is streaming everywhere now. what you hear you could check out punchline i don't want to leave yet wherever you stream music and also 
Remember this slogan. Hey mom, what's for dinner? Go out your nose and pick a winner. And now back to the show. I uh, wrote my <laughs> wrote my notes here, Chris. Uh, you, you, there's I can't think of another song with more of a choppy delivery and and no rhyme scheme on a lot of it. That's what I would I would call this a choppy delivery. But man, without it, it's not the same song. It's perfect the way it is, right? I think it's part of the charm and what is part of what made it such a hit. Not only the chorus, which we're going to be coming to soon, but the hilariousness of the delivery. Like, it's fun to sing along to this because it's so ridiculous. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range, but when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range, but when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. The throwing bass, I guess that meant like, you know, chatting up a girl. Now, I hadn't really heard that before. I think it's awesome considering I'm a bass player. I may start trying to use that. <laughs> Were you throwing bass at that girl over there? Uh, but <laughs> I think that also it's funny because he does have like a bass quality to his voice and she's thrown back mid-range. She has a higher pitched voice. I thought that was a pretty clever line. Interesting, Chris. I took away she was throwing back mid-range. Mid-range is it like the the hips and the pelvis. Maybe she was kind of you know, being seductive or, or grinding on him with, with her midsection. I don't know. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I, I just thought it was because her voice was a little bit higher because she doesn't, we don't know yet. She's, she said she's amused by the show. Yeah. She gets in the, in the photo booth, snaps a couple pictures, but we don't know how interested she is yet, but you might be right. Maybe, maybe she's dancing on him a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. We, we uh, and like you said, we, we don't know just yet. Then when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. Come on. I'm not even going for it. That's what I'm going to say. Then when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. And right after he says friend, he does this like lip smack like. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm not even going and, for it. <laughs> well, the next part, and I, I, I wrote here, if there is a pre-chorus, this is it. Because this next part is the same delivery before chorus number two. And the line is, you kind of just said it. Come on. I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to sing. Of course, men and women can just be friends with each other. But in this situation, he asked her if she has a man. She could just say no, because she knows what he means. He means, <laughs> do you have a boyfriend? And yeah. she, her answer is, no, I don't. I only have a friend. Like, what do you mean? That's, so, that's such a confusing answer to that. Yeah, and, and he says, come on, I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to sing, <laughs> which yeah. he's basically calling her out right there and going, uh-uh, he's, that's more than a friend. Right. If, you, if your answer to this, instead of saying, no, I don't have a man, is, yeah, there's a man, <laughs> but he's just my friend, that is a little sus. Right, and, and this whole song, pretty much in the verses, it's kind of the, the same delivery throughout. The only time it changes, and that's why I'm, I'm kind of calling for pre-chorus. The setup is the same before chorus two here. This part, come on, I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to sing. He, the way he says that and the way he delivers it vocally is the same. It's really the only change up in the verses. And then we get into chorus one. There's only a hi-hat sample in piano for the first two lines here. You, you got what I need. But you say he 
just a friend. And you say he just a friend. Oh, baby. On the third line on friend, there is a wrong piano note. There's like a flub in here. And again, that had to be intentional. They weren't just going to leave that in there. They they obviously heard it. Maybe Biz and Cool V, was that the producer that he was working with? Yes, yeah. Maybe they were geniuses, man. Maybe they knew that all these... I, in my head, I'm like, they're just going off of instinct. They're going off of how he was doing it live. But maybe they also knew. They knew doing these things were going to set them apart and make people notice and make people smile and make people sing along, you know, because most, I don't know if most, there's a lot of people out there that can't sing. They can't hold a tune at all. So maybe they're thinking, let's make a song that people don't have to feel ashamed that they can't sing well. Anyone can sing along to this. In fact, it's harder for people who can sing well because they have to try to sing bad. Exactly. That's that's a really good point. And on that word friend on the first line here, and I'm going to read the lyrics in a second on friend with that piano flub, that wrong piano note. I had to keep listening to him going, wait, is the piano out of, out of tune or is it the vocal that's the, the wrong note? And and they're both wrong. Right. <laughs> they're both not. And it, they just completely clash. It's a train wreck of epic proportions that somehow works. You say he just the You, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend and you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need, but you say he's just a friend, but you say he's just a friend. On the third line, the drum sample comes back in. On the fourth line here, when he says, oh, baby, you, I wrote it's gloriously out of key vocally. It's amazing. It's a perfect sing-along. It's so catchy. Uh, I love the way that it comes in quietly, almost. Imagine being at a show, and you get to that part, and you just let the crowd take over before it oh, kicks yeah. in. You know, it's it's a perfectly crafted chorus. No, and I watched some live videos of this, and it, you're right. Every hand in the air, everybody's singing. It was an absolute moment at one of his shows. Come on! Everybody sing along! Now, come on. You, you got what I need. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh, baby, you. You got what I need. Second verse here, right out of chorus one, Chris. And I wrote, the song never goes to another chord progression, as I mentioned earlier, or musical hook. And there's no bridge in this song. It's just three verses and two choruses. That's all you get. So I took blah blah's word for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Cause I have friends and that's a fact like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. So I took blah blah's word for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Cause I have friends and that's a fact. Like Agnes, 
Agatha, Germaine, and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> the first line kills me. So I took blah blah's word for it at this time. He's still not referring to her by name. Yeah, but he's referring to Agnes, Agatha, Germaine, and Jack. <laughs> Germaine and Jack, yeah, that's maybe maybe believable. Agnes and Agatha sound like n- women from like the 1920s or something, which is really really funny. Yeah, like it might have been his aunt or his grandma or something. Yeah. Those, those names are just so old fashioned. Even in 1989, when he when he wrote the song, I, I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Who's he saying that to? Her or is he is he referencing that the friend that she says she has that's not her boyfriend? He's trying to convince himself that there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, he just two lines later he names Agnes and Agatha. Like he yeah. has he has friends that are girls, so he's trying to talk himself, even though his first instinct is there's something up here. He's trying to tell himself, like, you know what? It's no crime to be friends with a guy. <laughs> Forget about that. Let's go into the story about our girl named blah, 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 that adore me. So we started talking, getting familiar, spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship or some understanding how it's going to be in the future we was planning. Everything- Forget about that. Let's go into the story about a girl named blah, 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 that adored me. So we started talking, getting familiar. Spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship or some understanding how it's going to be in the future. We was planning. Yeah, there. <laughs> once again, familiar <laughs> and build a is a yeah. real soft rhyme, a real stretch. I just think it's funny that at this time, Biz looks really young in this music video, by the way. And, you know, these are two young people, I'd assume around 20 years old or so, him and the girl in this story. And... I guess at this point, maybe they've been dating for a while. It kind of really jumped to that. But to be talking about the future and making plans, especially at that age, you have to assume that between where that first line where they just met and were getting their pictures taken together and now that... They've been together for a little while, right? Yeah, some some time has elapsed. I was gonna that's what I was gonna mention. I mean, here he was, he was he was walking all sweaty through the club and right. he saw her, and now they're getting familiar and they're they're planning a future together. So boy, <laughs> we kind of jumped ahead here, right? Well, maybe Biz is kind of jumping the gun here, isn't he? <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about the future. I mean, I don't know if it's a week that passed, a month that passed, a year that passed. But if this is based on some sort of true story, which is why he's saying blah, 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 it sounds like he's really, uh, for being a young guy, he's he's really jumping the gun on some things here. Yeah, exactly. Everything sounded so dandy and sweet. I had no idea I was in for a treat. After this was established, everything was cool. The tour was over and she went back to school. I called- everything sounded so dandy and sweet. I had no idea I was in for a treat. After this was established, everything was cool. The tour was over, and she went back to school. Right. So, assuming that they're college-aged is right, I guess maybe it sounds like she came on the tour with him? He's been hanging out with her. They've built up a relationship. They don't have cell phones, so unless it's a relationship based purely purely on calling on payphones and stuff from tour, it kind of sounds like she came out on some dates with him. Could be, and we're going to get into that phone call in a second with the uh, getting into the next couple lines here. I call every day to see how she was doing. Every time that I call her, it seemed something was brewing. I called the rumor, got picked up, and then I called again. I said, yo, who is that? Oh, he's 
just a friend. I called every day to see how she was doing. Every time that I called her, it seemed something was brewing. I called her on my dime, picked up, and then I called again. I said, yo, who was that? Oh, he's just a friend. And a couple of things here that stuck out to me, Chris, I called her on my dime, which is kind of a, a reference to, you know, back then, if you called long distance, you had to pay money. There was no cell phone plans uh, or you were feeding money uh, into a payphone. Back in the early days, payphones were a dime, as referenced in the, the Joan Jett classic, I Love Rock and Roll, put another dime, uh, jukebox, telephone booths, uh, dimes. Of course, that went to quarters at some point. But he's, he's talking about calling her, uh, which to your point is probably calling her from, from tour, right? Yeah, I guess I should have thought about what happened next before. <laughs> I I wasn't looking ahead. I was just thinking about the moment. But yeah, okay, so he's calling her every day. That's that's how this relationship is growing is because he's calling her from tour. Which wasn't cheap back then. You either had, I think, calling cards had come out around that time. Or you'd buy these these almost like lottery tickets. You'd scratch them off. They'd have a number that you'd, you'd, you'd type into the payphone to, to make calls. Then we get into the next part, Chris, which, again, if, if you're going to make an argument of a pre-chorus, this is going to be it. The delivery changes just a little bit here where he says, don't give me that. Don't even give me that. Just bust this. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I say, yo, who was that? Oh, he's just a friend. Yeah. So this friend is hanging out in her dorm room. That sounds a little suspicious for sure. Yeah, just uh, there's a little too much for Biz not to raise an eyebrow with here, right? We're, yeah. we're, you know, he's smelling a rat. Chorus two is the same exact lyric as chorus one. The drum loop doesn't stop for the first two lines like chorus one. get into verse three, the last verse of the song. We never go back to that chorus. And I remember when I listened to this the other day for the first time and however long, right when we got to this last verse, I then, then the recall happened with me. I said, we don't go back to the chorus. It doesn't go back. And how did they get away with that? Because that chorus part is, it really is the song. It's so catchy. Wow. They don't? No, they do not go back to the chorus. So this second chorus is the one where he gets really like you like the one where he really (laughs) really gets into it and that's the last one that's it they end on the verse the song ends so strange which is just again it was everything against this song to be a hit it was just the odds were stacked against it from not adding that last chorus. And you just wonder who was the A&R person? Who was the, the, the person that labeled that heard this or the, you know, cool V co-producer of the song. Nobody said, Hey, we got to go back to the hook here, man. Maybe it was by accident, but do you think that that chorus is so catchy that when this song ends, people want it again so badly that then they listen to the song again maybe they left them wanting it so hard 
You know, and that's such a great point. And we, we haven't really brought that up on the show too much. But yeah, a lot of times you, you want to leave the listener wanting more. You don't keep hitting them with it. You, you make them want to have to, in these days, rewind the cassette or, or skip back on the CD uh, to listen to it. There's a really funny meme out there. I think it's like a picture of like a crying woman. It's like this picture that's used in memes all the time. And it says, me rewinding the song back to that part because it didn't hurt enough. <laughs> you know, like there's just a, a line that's so good yeah. or, 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 or it hits you so hard that like you specifically, not only do you want to listen to that song, you want to hear that line, you know? Yeah. And no disrespect to Biz or Cool V or anybody at the label that was that was backing this project, but I don't know. I, I think we might be giving them too much credit, Chris. I don't know if there's, there was this much forethought into it. I think it just, just kind of happened how it was, and, and here it is. I, I could be wrong, but something tells me this was just so off the cuff, and it could be a situation that we've heard many times on this show that they didn't think they had a hit. Maybe they just thought this was another song on the record and this is the one that blew up. I mean, definitely by the strange delivery and the fact that the chorus doesn't come back and things like that. This could have just been made in an hour for fun and Biz and Cool V may have had no idea that this was going to be a hit whatsoever. It could have just been another throwaway thing and that explains why you know, the chorus doesn't come back or explains why they didn't go back and make some of the verses flow a little bit better to think of better rhymes. Maybe it was just this thing. Once again, some DJ started playing it and people were calling in. The phones were lighting up and all of a sudden it's a hit. Yeah. Well, verse three. So I came to her college on a surprise visit to see my girl that was so exquisite. It was a school day. I know she was there the first semester of the school year. So I came to her college on a surprise visit to see my girl that was so exquisite. It was a school day. I knew she was there the first semester of the school year. Yeah. <laughs> year and there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is hard to think of a rhyme with there, Chris. <laughs> uh-huh. And you know, if you smell a rat and you think something sketchy is going on with your significant other, uh, it may not be the time, or it may be the time to make a surprise visit. <laughs> right. Uh, th- this is one of those things that maybe doesn't hold up that great in retrospect, but we're putting that aside. This was a funny song and it wasn't like, it wasn't like biz came in there like fighting somebody. He came in, you know, (laughs) you know, maybe, but he's, he's young, he's in love and he's going to investigate what's going on here. And, and yeah, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna look too deeply into was biz right or wrong in this situation. Yeah. And and you have to wonder if, there's any other songs out there that rhyme visit with exquisite. <laughs> this might be it. And if there isn't either less than Jake or punchline has yeah. to do it. I think that's a, uh, we got, we got to, br- we got to bring that lyric back. The school year. I went to a game to ask where was a dorm. This guy made me fill out a visitor's form. He told me where it was and I was on my way to see my baby doll. I was happy to say, I went to a gate to ask where was her dorm. This guy made me fill out a visitor's form. He told me where it was, and as I was on my way to see my baby doll, I was happy to say. So I went to a gate to ask where was her dorm. Is that like the, 
uh, guard gate or something uh, leading up to, to, her, to her dorm room? Yeah, I guess. I didn't really think about the gate part too much. I always thought there was always like a front desk where you would sign in at the dorms. The gate, yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> maybe the gate to enter the campus is where you sign in. Uh-huh. I think it's so funny that he's detailing this part of the <laughs> of the thing. Like <laughs> that would, it's almost like, and then I walked down the sidewalk and I turned a corner. Then I made a left. Like we we didn't really yeah. need to know this part of the story, but I'm glad we know this part of the story. He had to fill out a visitors form. Yeah, and I don't I don't say this like it's in, in a bad light, but there's something so juvenile about this. That, but just in in a great way that just makes look at us. We're sitting here ear to ear smiling because it's just it's ridiculous. It's so verbatim about what, what's going on here. Uh, yeah, we don't have to decipher next, what this song is about at all. Not too much. We can just sit here and, and have fun with it, which, hey, everybody listening, uh, thank you for, for giving us these suggestions. A couple people, as I mentioned the intro, a few of you did mention Biz Marquee. It wasn't overwhelming, but when we were going back through the list, we we're like, we have to break this, this song down. It's just too much fun. Say, I rocked the front of the dormitory. Yo, could you tell me where is door three? They showed me where it was for the moment I didn't know I was in for such an event so I, came- I arrived in front of the dormitory yo could you tell me where is door three they showed me where it was for the moment I didn't know I was in for such an event jeez oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean moment you, you could have a soft rhyme with like show it or something but event doesn't rhyme with moment yeah dormitory and three is a real stretch a dormitory <laughs> and door three i guess is the rhyme and mo- moment and event i mean they both end in ent i guess was his thinking i think for one hit thunder you need to find cool v because i would almost bet chris that they did this like you said in an hour and didn't think about it just tacked it on the record i noticed it, i think it was song five on the album so it wasn't completely front loaded you know in the one or one two or three position on the album but uh th- that that would be my guess at this point they just kind of slapped this thing together and it just was a, a fun little thing they didn't think about it and uh, it became his of course his signature song such an event so i came to a room and opened the door oh snap guess what i saw i felt a tongue kiss of my girl in the mouth i was so in shock my heart went down south so please so i came to her room and opened the door oh snap guess what i saw a fella tongue kissing my girl in the mouth I was so in shock, my heart went down south. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this oh, snap, you know, that is used today. I thought that that was something that was at least after the millennium. Post two thousand, the people people were saying snap. Did that originate with Biz Marquee in this song? Is that where that came from? You know, I think it might be. I wouldn't doubt that people may have been saying that like, you know, maybe his friends were saying that maybe that was something they said, but I'm pretty sure just based on the fact that, like I said, that Oh Snap part has become a meme. It has been used. Radio Shack had Bismarck Key in the commercials saying, Oh Snap, and like taking pictures of stuff. It was like a, a holidays commercial. I think you could find it on YouTube. I think that Oh Snap became what it is because of this moment in the song. 
I can't argue that because I can't think of of that happening prior to this song. And again, I thought it was way later, but uh, you know, you had sent me some notes over and you said, Biz saying, oh snap, has become an internet meme. And of course the saying's been around forever and I never even realized that was in this song. I love and, it. Until we started breaking down. I love yeah. it because it's, it's no, I mean, you could easily say like, oh shit or something like that, but oh snap yeah. is so wholesome. <laughs> oh <Yeah. laughs> snap. Like, I love it. I love it. I actually want to try to incorporate that into my personal vernacular. <laughs> well, in, in verse three here, we don't go to that pre-chorus, that delivery that he gives us the other two times. We just get two more lines here, Chris. And that's the end of the song. So please listen to the message that I send. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. 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 But yeah, here in verse three, the last two lines, it doesn't have that delivery. Like what I was calling the pre-chorus before chorus one and chorus two. It just has two more lines to end the song. So please listen to the message that I send. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. And on friend, Chris, uh, it it happens five more times. Friend, 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 friend. It's an echo uh, that fades out on the last five bars of music here. The drum loop, the hi-hat, and the piano are present on the fade out. Again, no chorus three, and this is just how the song ends. And that is the lesson that Biz Marquis was trying to get across. Chris, how do you feel about that message? Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. I think it's some solid advice from Biz Marquis. And uh, man, I probably had more fun going through this song than than I can I could possibly have imagined. This is it was great. Yeah, there's nothing to decipher here, really. We know what the story is. I think the message is that people that you you want to date they can have friends, but if they if you ask them if they're if they're in a relationship, if they have a significant other, and in that moment they tell you that they have a friend, they specifically bring up that friend. That is very suspicious, and you should probably <laughs> you should. Pro- that's what that's the message I take away from it. Red flags abound. Yes, uh, but in general, this is a song that has gone on to become a classic song. Everybody knows this song. Um, I think it will continue to endure even though Biz Marquis has passed away, uh, sadly, last year. Hey, everybody. Don't go anywhere. There's more Chris to Makes a Podcast after a few words from our sponsors. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're looking for an inexpensive and unique gift for a friend, family member, or even for yourself, check out iloveenamelpins.com. From Hollywood stars like Jeff Goldblum and Meryl Streep, to fictional characters like the Golden Girls or Jack Torrance, to sports stars and musicians and politicians and dogs and cats, there's something for everyone at iloveenamelpins.com. As an added bonus, use the discount code ChrisDemakes at checkout to save 30% off your order at iloveenamelpins.com. As we near the end of the show... 
Here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista Makes a Podcast, all you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to bandyoumightnotknow at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Subviolet, a rock quartet from the Chicagoland area who blends melodic synth tones of 80s new wave with the instrumentation and lyricism of modern emo. Their debut EP, Former Love, is available on all streaming platforms. Here's a snippet of their song, Sweet Routine. I mean, I can't think of anything before this necessarily that was such a big hit that was so crazy off key to the point where it was almost funny and that made it catchier. I th- yeah, I'm just going to call it out. It's blatantly bad in sections. It's not musically correct, but again, it works beautifully. And, you know, late 80s, early 90s, nothing like this was getting on the radio. The fact that it did is is, is really cool. And it's just, uh, I would call this a one-hit wonder. I would call it a novelty hit. I would call it every other adjective that we came up with it and, and put it in a blender and it all works and it's all perfect. Do you think... How we referenced this as being pretty punk rock earlier. Yeah. You're, this is 1989. So the hair metal bands are still around. The Def Leppards, who there's 100 vocal tracks on the chorus. And yeah. we're playing one string at a time on the guitar. And everything is so, I don't know. Everything is so perfect. Too perfect. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this, I don't want to compare Bismarck to Nirvana, really. But in a way that it ushered in a whole other way of thinking about things that this stripped down it's a it's a vocal it's a loop it's an off an off key chorus that it was kind of like a rejection of this stuff that was so over the top processed and produced i would i would agree with that i i think that that this song is part of the fabric that became the whole movement that ushered out the 80s and the pompousness and uh, of the whole uh, macho guys in a band heavy metal that that whole thing i i think this was definitely woven into that and brought what uh what later was was grunge music and and things that didn't line up that that weren't perfect that didn't sound exactly great and and those songs were getting on the radio you know later on uh, i couldn't be further from Bismarck's sound, but a band like Flaming Lips, you know, they weren't going to get on the radio in 1984, but in 1993, they got on the radio. Also, I can't think of many examples of self-deprecating rappers. It was always like, you know, boosting yourself up, whether you believed it or not. That was just part of the culture. It, it always has been a, of hip hop culture is I'm the best, I'm the w- whatever. And the only other song I can really think also is that um, I-, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had, you know. <laughs> I, wasn't I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-four baller. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl. It was rare and, and unique 
to hear someone be self-deprecating and, and funny about it as well. There was definitely a humbleness to biz. For sure. Well, this was a lot of fun. And you know what else is fun, Chris? What's that? is hearing you and I talk a little bit more in the after party. And if you'd like to hear Chris and I uh, talk a little bit more about this episode and a plethora of other topics, you can join our supporting cast, our VIP program over at chrisdemakes.com, where you get bonus episodes each week. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, chrisdemakes.com, come hang out. It's a great way to support the show too. If you love this show and you want to see it continue forever, uh, head to chrisdemakes.com for the cost of a cup of coffee per month. You can help us continue making the show. We love making it, and uh, your support is how we do that. That's right, and you've heard us talk about it. Please join our Chris to Makes a Podcast Facebook group. It's free to join. It's a lot of fun. That's where we get wonderful suggestions like Biz Marquee, just a friend, to bring to you and break down. So please join the Chris to Makes a Podcast Facebook group. We'd love to have you. And please give me a follow on Instagram at less than Chris D. This has been a blast. And to uh, today's artist, Biz Marquee, may you rest in peace. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.